We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. I am your host, Jacob Niffen, and I am joined by Taylor Peterson today. Man, what a fun time to be a sports fan. We have NFL There's back. a lot of sports going on right now, man. Yeah, I got, got the NFL back. College football's back, at least for now. We'll see. <laughs> I'm not as optimistic about college football, but it was fun to watch on Saturday. You have the NHL playoffs going on. You have WNBA playoffs really gearing up. And then obviously all these incredible NBA games that we'll get into in the latter part of the podcast when we do around the association. Um, I got to watch my Chiefs on Thursday. The weather was cool and pretty. Just a... Uh, False, false, we uh, had some tennis. Some tennis yeah. was going on. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Um, Major League Baseball is being played. Oh yeah, it's true. Yeah, all your MLB there's games. A, I mean, U.S. Open yeah. and tennis. There's a there's a lot, man. Crazy, it is crazy a stuff. Lot. It's hard for me just to keep up with the the basketball stuff alone. You know, yeah, right, so, right. Uh, yeah. All the other stuff is difficult. I didn't get to watch the OU game, uh, obviously in pay per view. So uh, I have to wait two weeks until I watch the Sooners play. But <laughs> fair. Uh, Cowboys play next weekend, I believe. The, that's the Oklahoma State Cowboys, I believe. Yeah, Dallas yep. Cowboys are playing this right evening. Right now, that's right. Our, our own Nick is yep. definitely cheering them on, and uh is probably watching cheering on CD. Yep, in his debut. definitely so. Well, Taylor, it has been a while. I think the last episode we dropped, you and I did an emergency pod For over. Billy D. Yeah, the, the departure of Billy Donovan. Uh, so let's, I guess let's start there. Let's start with the coaching stuff for Oklahoma City. And the big thing is we, not, not, nothing new has come out. Like we don't have any new information. I, Taylor, I think the only thing that's mildly significant about the OKC coaching search is that former Thunder assistant um, and then went to Phoenix with Monty Williams. 
uh, Darko Ryakovich has now accepted an assistant role with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, it's I think interesting because we mentioned that name. On yeah, the- <laughs> we, you and I both mentioned his name as a possible candidate. Younger guy, came up through the Thunder G League program, was uh, an assistant on the Thunder bench, uh, and then had made the move to Phoenix. Monty brought him along with him. Obviously, that he, he just took a new job, so he's probably not going to be a candidate for the Thunder job. Uh, that's really the only news on the Thunder coaching front that we've seen since the departure of Billy Donovan. Yes, I think I think the biggest news is just like you said, the fact that there hasn't really been any news um, because you know we uh, Ty Lue's now being mentioned. You know, uh, just, just more and more stuff being mentioned, whether it's the Indiana. Uh, coaching search or the New Orleans Pelicans coaching search. Um, today, Mike D'Antoni announced that he will not be coming back to coach the Houston Rockets, and his name's already being thrown out there for like the Sixers, for example, and the the uh, and the Pacers. Um, just a lot of news coming out on the coaching front, even the GM front. I know like, uh, and President of Basketball Operations front, the Sacramento Kings interviewed the Denver Nuggets GM today for their President of Basketball Operations position that they have open. Um, Rest in peace, Vlade. Or not rest in peace, but you know what I mean. <laughs> He's still alive, but uh, no longer with the Kings. Vlade. Sources say Vlade, Vlade Divac dead. <laughs> Fred the uncontested on that. Um, but with all that said, like there's, there's a lot of rumors circling around, and we still have yet to hear anything on the OKC coaching front. Now, one thing... Now, that, that doesn't really surprise me, though, to be honest. Knowing Presti, absolutely. Yeah. They're not leaking their interview list or anything like that. Now... So, Taylor, we've had some time to sit and think on this coaching stuff. I want to know now, um, a- after you've had some time to kind of digest, what direction do you think the Thunder are going to go with their coaching hire? And do you have any any names? Um, and I guess I can kind of kick us off here. The one that I preached on the pod, the one that I've mentioned on Twitter, uh, Becky Hammond. Yep. A really interesting point brought up. Um, I believe by Brett Dawson, uh, former Thunder beat writer, former Lakers beat writer, yeah, Brett on the Dawson. Friday uh, Dream Team. I think I know where you're going with this. And Brett mentioned, you know, the Thunder are probably going to get somebody, and that person is going to have to be okay with losing, because the Thunder are about to start losing. They're going to trade away their vets, and they're going to tank. Now, for some people that are new to the coaching profession, or new to not maybe the profession, but new to being a head coach, that's okay. But for Becky Hammond, I think that's not okay. That's a good point. Because if she comes in and she loses early, it's not going to be, oh, the roster was designed to lose. That's the the franchise's goal right now. It's going to be, it's because she's a woman. Uh, right? Yeah, she can't coach professional sports. That sucks, I think, but you're right. Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think for Becky, the best situation for her would be to go into a situation where she has a roster built that's ready to win, where she has an opportunity to coach up and win 40, 45 games in her first year. Um, because I think anything negative, regardless of whose fault it is, it's going to fall back on her because she's going to be the new thing there. That really, Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it's bullshit it that it's that exactly, way. Exactly. But exactly. It's you so and I dumb. both know it'll be that way. I, I agree with you there. And even um, if you just take that aspect uh, away for a second and just think about a young and upcoming coach under the Popovich tree who's like you like you said is used to long-term uh, sustained success right I mean like Popovich and the Spurs they almost made the playoffs again this year <laughs> and they had no business being in the playoffs with this team and they almost did it regardless um you know I, I can see her just in general wanting to go to a place where she can win like uh, the Pacers right kind of a team that's maybe not a championship contender as of right now one of the top dogs in the league but a team who she can really grow with and and have success immediately not even to mention like like you just said you know the the gender aspect of that as well which sucks but um i think it's a good point now i was going through some screenshots because there are a uh two names i was gonna get into here in a second but there was actually some news that we forgot about jacob um on the billy donovan front shams of the athletic the thunder i get i've heard shams i've heard shams i really need to uh Need to do some research into that. <laughs> Get that correct. <laughs> but he reported that the Thunder offered Billy Donovan a new contract with two guaranteed two guaranteed seasons prior to the NBA's restarted season, and he did not accept the deal. Both yeah, sides it sounds like that was offered over the, the hiatus, right. right? 
Right, and so that's kind of why it, you know, it makes those like kind of vague comments. You know, Presti's talking like, "Well, you know, we'll we we aren't going to focus on that now. We'll we'll meet you know once the season's over." Talking about Billy, uh, it very much seems like Presti knew that Billy was not coming back after he denied that that contract, and it also almost seems like you know if Presti really wanted Billy. I'm not saying he didn't, but if, if he knew that Billy was a coach long-term for this team, he could have offered him a three, four, five-year deal even, right? And the fact that he just offered those two years, it was almost like, I kind of think you won't take this, uh, but this is what we can offer right now. And yeah, almost like it also tells me that it. Presti's kind of known. I, I know Presti and his press conference after that happened right before you and I dropped the emergency pod. Right. You know, talked about like the uncertainty and not knowing what's coming next, and we could bring this team back and yada yada yada. I mean, wh- what else do you expect him to say in a press conference? He's not <laughs> right. going to lay out all of his cards for everybody to see. You know, obviously, but this just tells me more and more that Presti knows exactly the direction of the team. He knows they're blowing it up this summer uh, or this off season. You know, th- it, it's just more evidence to me, like. I don't believe for a second Presti's like, oh, we're just going to wait and see what happens with the cap, right. and then we're going to exactly. make some decisions. Like, anyone who thinks that, you got to change your thought process, man. Like, do you think Sam Presti, the most calculated GM maybe in the league, is just sitting back pulling a Bill O'Reilly saying, oh, F it, we're just going to do it live. <laughs> we're just going to wing it. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> you know, there's no way in hell. He has every contingency he's got every possible route i said this on the last podcast he's like dr strange he knows every possible outcome and he's preparing for all of them um to me this says even back during the hiatus they knew chris is going to be gone we're going to try to get rid of dennis we're going to try to get rid of steve we're going to hand the keys to the young guys we're going to suck next year because the rest of the west is all gunning for the playoffs we're going to maximize our draft pick and try to get the number one pick to go get Cade Cunningham. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And it, like like we've talked about the past couple of podcasts now, you know, um, CP3's message felt like a goodbye. Gallo's almost did also. Um, Presley's comments he made before the season restarted when he apparently offered this contract to Billy as well as after. Um, and like you said, the press conference, things of that nature, very much seems like that is the direction that they are headed. Um, now, two names. There was actually a article that uh, I think Kevin Arnimitz put out on ESPN. Uh, and there was a couple names. He actually, he, he went into into depth and quite a few coaching candidates for all these different open positions. But two that he said that would kind of make sense for OKC were interesting. And I wanted to kind of talk about them a little bit, Jacob, and, and pick your brain on these guys as well. Now, one of them is actually Eku uh, from the Boomtown Hoops Discord mentioned this to us on the uh, right before we recorded the emergency pod and asked us to talk about Brian Keefe. But Kevin of ESPN also mentioned Brian Keefe here, um, saying that executive and members of the coaching fraternity have recommended Oklahoma City lead assistant Brian Keefe more vocally every year. Assistant Brian Keefe more vocally every year. Yet another line with this gendered, uh, the confidences of the Thunder organization with the sharpness, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, um, I thought that was interesting because it's another Spurs connection there that we know Presti obviously likes, um, and he's obviously within the organization. But it was interesting at least to me, to hear that other executives and coaching staffs are, are talking about Brian Keefe and are kind of seeing him um, as an up-and-coming head coach, potentially. Yeah, Keefe is an interesting one. We we mentioned, I don't know if you said this, we mentioned his name on the last pod. Um, I don't know much about him at all. I know he's been around for a while. He went out and coached with Derek Fisher in New York and then came back. And so I think, I mean... As far as I know, throw him on the list. Right. You know, like I don't know who they're going for, but but throw him on the list. This is an interesting um, thing as well because you mentioned this also, Jacob, um, when you talked about Brett's comments that he made uh, regarding the kind of candidate maybe that OKC would be looking for. This last sentence is really interesting. Um, he, Kevin says that he forges positive relationships with players and is a big picture person, which, as we know, is kind of how Presti's viewing this as a big picture. Right? He's not looking to win. You know. He's not like Daryl Morey where, okay, two seasons from now, we need to be winning this amount of games and have this winning percentage and yada, 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 right? Like he very much is looking at the big picture of this rebuild. Uh, so it's interesting that, that ESPN threw that that uh, sentence in there about Brian. Well, and, and let me add this to uh, just to throw on top real quick. Um, Eric Horn of The Athletic says the Thunder won't necessarily hire a current assistant coach, but they have some intriguing in-house options. Assistants Brian Keefe and Mike Wilkes have a track record of either player development and experience in Keefe or strong player relationships in Wilkes. 
uh, to go with their longstanding relationships with Presti dating back to San Antonio. Interesting. Huh. So Brian Keefe's name keeps coming up. I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Thunder at least kicked the tires there and right. see what, what right. they Give think. Right, an interview, absolutely. Um, and they know what they have with Brian as well, so that's a, definitely an interesting one. Then the other one that ESPN threw out was Dayton's Anthony Grant who led the Flyers to an improbable 29-2 record this past season, might bring the right formula of authority and connected, connectedness. Um, now, he was with, with Billy. Billy his first right. year here. Two he seasons. was a longtime assistant with Billy at Florida. But isn't Anthony Grant, like, in his mid-50s? Honestly, not sure. <laughs> That's a good question. I, I want to say he's in his mid-50s, and that I would expect be... the Thunder— yeah. I would expect the Thunder, honestly, to hire someone in their 30s before they hire someone in their 50s for this coaching gig. I agree. I think they'll definitely want to go younger. Um, again, big picture, <laughs> kind of like I, I think is what Presto is looking for, like a, a coach who can really grow with this team with these. Anthony young guys. Grant is fifty-four years. Okay, so yeah, he's he's definitely he a looks older. like he's thirty-four years, <laughs> but he is fifty-four years old. Hmm. Oh, he coached Obi Toppin. Oh, that's cool. Didn't realize that's that because Obi played at Dayton. Obviously, very interesting. So, not a big fan of Obi Toppin in the draft, Taylor. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I hear like polarizing things about him as we have for many players. Um, I think Kevin O'Connor said he's got the offensive game of Amari Stoudemire and the defensive game of my Lord. I'm going to forget the kid's name. He was the big man at Duke, went to Philly and is now in new Orleans. Um, I can see his face. Oh, uh, Okafor. Jalil Okafor. He says he's a worse defender than Jalil Okafor, oh um, but has the offensive style of Amari Stoudemire. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Not a good combo. I think I'll pass on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Some teams, they should be willing to take that gamble, but not OKC. Not where, not where they're yeah. at. So, Taylor, let's kind of transition a little bit uh, to the other hot topic around the Thunder right now, which is Chris Paul trades. <laughs> uh, tons of rumors swirling about possible Chris Paul trades. Um, but really, it's going to come down to what the Players Association and what the NBA agree upon for the CBA. Sorry, I just let out a nasty burp. <laughs> for the salary cap and the tax line. That's going to play a huge role in any trade talks this summer. Absolutely. Now, yeah, now I do think this, this I keep saying this summer, this offseason, I think is ripe for trades. Uh, low salary cap, um, like, like people don't have much uh, salary cap space. Bad free agency class. A lot of teams want to make their their rosters better. They want to make some changes. I think there could be a lot of shifting around and a lot of trading and dealing uh, this offseason, especially with, we mentioned this last time, teams had four months to, to talk all kinds of trades. I think that's an interesting point so that I, a lot of people aren't bringing up. You're exactly right. Yeah, so um, definitely some Chris Paul rumors out there. I want to... Pump. I want. I want to let Thunder fans know. Pump the brakes a little bit. If you see a report from somebody that's not a Woj, a Shams, um, Sam Amick, a, uh Mark Stein, Stein, those kind of guys. Yeah, Mark Stein, those type of, type reporting. of guys. Um, that says such and such team is interested in, right? Uh, Chris Paul. And here's the thing: don't buy into that meaning they're trying to make a deal for Chris Paul. It, Taylor, I'm interested in making a million dollars a year right. and uh, driving a, a Bugatti. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Exactly. Doesn't mean I'm even going to flirt with the idea, right. but I'm interested in it. I mean, and, and for those reports coming out, it's not to like bash, you know, whoever reporter is coming out and saying these things as much as it is, like you said, maybe he really is hearing that people inside the Denver organization is interested in, per in pursuing a potential Chris Paul trade. Then they call Presti, they they see what the trade is, and we can't do that, and that's the end of it, right? So yeah, I mean, until there's actual the Thunder traction. are interested in getting LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah, right, on the right. team. Right, right. The, you the know? Thunder are interested in, in drafting a superstar with all these picks in the next over the next five years. Exactly. Six years. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right. Like, doesn't even mean you're actively exploring it. No, I will it just say means. Uh, it's interesting. Sorry. Um, another no, you're fine. another point that um, I wanted to bring up that you mentioned briefly before we jump into these Chris Paul trades is um, you said, and I actually agree with this, that it will be an active trade market, but Kevin O'Connor came out in one of his recent um, articles over Giannis and the Bucks, um, and then potentially looking at a Chris Paul trade, saying that he, he's he been hearing that the trade market will be um, kind of stagnant, maybe not, which I think could play to the Thunder's advantage because, you know, it everybody's going to want it to be going 
for like a Chris Paul or Dennis Shooter, for example, if other players aren't available on the market, it's less options and gives Presti more leverage. But to your point, right now, not knowing the salary cap, you know, uh, implications for the upcoming season it absolutely would be a stagnant trade market but once you get those numbers and we already know that they're they've decided to postpone the uh, the nba draft as well as the start of the uh, ne- of next season for that very reason right to be able to work through those things i think once yeah. you get those numbers like you said it'll, it'll pick up again yeah things will definitely start to change so taylor of all of these rumored teams that have interest in chris paul what are the ones that you think are most realistic? I mean, the most realistic is the, the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Um, and we talked about that. I, on the I last think I would podcast. agree with you. Milwaukee has to be at the top of the list. I mean, you have you know the big names, uh, big big name reporters, like we mentioned the list a little bit ago, um, talking about not not, necess- not necessarily um, that a trade is imminent or, or going to happen, as much as like it just makes so much sense. And then speaking of Kevin O'Connor, he actually put in that article that the Bucks really are looking into a Chris Paul trade, which is interesting. Now there's it kind of gets tricky in terms of contracts and numbers and stuff. Um, you might have to even bring in like a third team. You don't necessarily have to. But regardless, I mean, that fit makes a ton of sense for both Chris Paul and the Thunder, right? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think Milwaukee and Philly have to be at the top of the list as far as it just makes sense for a trade to happen there. And one team we didn't mention um, on the, the emergency Billy pod when we were kind of throwing out some potential trade destinations is the Knicks. Not that I don't know if Chris Paul would be super excited about going there, but, um, you know, Leon Rose uh, taking over, I, I definitely could see them. You know, there's there's been rumors and some legit rumors, it seems, from legit sources saying um, that the Knicks certainly have shown interest. Um, there was somebody, and I, I think this is uh, a little less legit, maybe saying that the Knicks already had a trade like lined up that they're kind of ready to... Um, to throw out the thunder whenever they get the green light. And that's kind of goes to your point too, is like these GMs talk over that four month hiatus. Um, I'm sure yeah, these definitely. teams do have trades lined up that they're ready to, to send over to, to Presti. Now, I think after those three, I think, I think Milwaukee and Philly are kind of at the top of that. It makes the most sense for Chris. Right. After that, I think, and, and, and tier number two is the Knicks. In tier number three, one of the rumored teams, uh, I would probably put the Phoenix Suns in tier number three, Taylor. What do you think about that? That's interesting. I do really like that fit, depending on what happens with Rubio. Rubio would probably be in the trade. He'd probably be shipped out. Yeah, I think you could do like Rubio and Kelly Oubre Jr. Okay. For Chris Paul. Wow. Um, but the Thunder, I I mean, where's the asset at? Right. You're going to have to uh, get picks. I don't, I don't think Phoenix is tossing in pick number 10 there. Maybe if you do... Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, and pick 10 for Chris Paul, um, like a Hamadou Diallo, and pick 25. Right. Maybe, maybe that then, gets something right. done. That's, a, that's interesting, um, though. Um, but like you said, that's a team of like young guys, kind of rising stars, which means that you know those picks long-term might not be as valuable if they're going to be really good here three or four seasons. Well, yeah, I think that's why you just target their 2020 pick true. and call it Very good. true. Um, um, New Orleans Pelicans is another team in that similar, uh, very similar. I put to the that Suns. one. I put that one pretty far down the list. Okay. That's like tier, you know, a, a very bottom tier. Both New Orleans and the Denver, Denver Nuggets have been mentioned. I I don't see that at all. The only way New Orleans can make that happen is by trading a combination of Drew Holiday and JJ Redick, and I just don't see that happening. Right. Yeah. I, I like. Agree. I. Yeah. Chris is better than Drew, but Drew's really damn good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, Drew is really sure damn good, and he makes less better. money for for a less amount of time. It just that one doesn't make a whole lot of sense yeah. to me. And then uh, Utah, uh, Utah is the other team that was kind of mentioned or whatever, which I don't get that. Mike Conley's there, or whatever, which I don't get that. Mike Conley's there um, three instead of Rudy and Donovan Mitchell. Um, it could work really well, or it also could blow up in your face. I just don't know if they make that gamble, especially with Mike Conley looking so much better um, now that the playoffs, or you know, the resumption of the playoffs season, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, just for shits and giggles here, uh, Chris Paul and Hamadou Diallo for Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre Jr., and Frank Kaminsky works. I don't think that ruins the Phoenix Suns. Uh, depth that much. I mean, True. their 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 center lineup would still be DeAndre Ayton and Aaron Baines. If you brought Aaron Baines back in free agency, um, they're also thirty eight million below the tax, so they can go out and get a free agent. 
Um, Interesting. They're 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 going to probably start uh, if, if they made this trade: Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, and then um, DeAndre Ayton. Their bench would have guys like Javon Carter on it, Cameron Payne, um, and they can yeah. go snag a, a, a starting level four. I mean, they could go. You know what's interesting? What, I, what if what if Gallo does a sign in trade and agrees to a sign in trade with OKC, and OKC trades him and CP3 to the Suns? Yeah, that's a possibility. You, the player that I like on the Suns to start at power forward and bring Cameron Johnson off the bench, yeah. Jeremy Grant. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Interesting. Kind of matches the timeline. He's super. He's 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 not your focal point, but he can fit in with those other guys. Can you imagine trying to score on the wing defense of Mikael Bridges and Jeremy Gosh, Grant? That's crazy. And even I DeAndre think that's Ayton actually a really really good fit. Yeah. That's... So maybe could you do that plus pick twenty five and maybe get Phoenix to toss in pick ten? Like I don't know. That'd be awesome. Um, that's a but fun so one. Taylor. Yeah. So Taylor. Anyways, I have a, a handful of trades. Um, for Chris Paul to those top three teams we talked about. I want to run all three of them by you and see what you think. Perfect. Let's do it. Okay. The first one I have is Chris Paul to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, in return, the Thunder would be bringing back, geez, <laughs> Eric Bledsoe, Robin Lopez, Urson Ilyasova, DJ Wilson, and the Bucks have the twenty the the twenty twenty first round pick of the Indiana Pacers, which is pick number twenty four. So we we mentioned this one, I think, or some form of it on the Emergency Billy Donovan Pod. Um, and I think if you, like I mentioned earlier, if if you go the direction of a just a two team trade with Milwaukee involving Chris Paul, I think this is probably the one trade that makes sense. Um, maybe you mess around with picks and protections a little more. Uh, maybe the Bucks don't want to give up a young player in TJ Wilson, but I think that's the one that really makes the most sense. And it's kind of your the, the ideal path for a two team trade if you don't throw a third team in there. Um, so I like it for both sides. I mean, you're, you do lose depth, but you have Chris Paul alongside Giannis. And then you can go, like you said, on the free agent free agent market and see, you know, get some. They, backup they, I mean, guys. they yeah. So they lose a backup center. They could go get Nerlens Noel. Yeah, that's true. That's right? a good point. Um, besides that, I mean, you're not losing a ton of depth there, really. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, and you're and here's CP3 the thing for Bledsoe. Um, yeah. Here's the thing: is um, the Thunder save seven point nine million in that deal? So they're already cutting eight million. Uh, now the Bledsoe contract is uh, for three more years, but Urson Ilyasova is non-guaranteed. Um, now, according to Spotrack, it says he's non-guaranteed. Uh, it's fully guaranteed if he's not waived on or before two days following the 2020 NBA draft. Okay. So this could be a draft night trade. Wow. The Thunder That's get that pick 24. So the Thunder would have pick 24 and pick number 25. Um, you could just non-guarantee Urson and let him go. That means the Thunder would be saving about $15 million in this deal, really driving them down below the salary cap, yes. and allowing them to save some money, which I think is important to them. During this rebuild, um, absolutely. Uh, when you have, you have guys DJ like- Wilson on a cheap deal. You have Robin Lopez on a cheap deal. And honestly, I think you could turn around and flip Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, maybe a trade deadline type of trade for him. But uh, yeah, I think there's going to be interest. Yeah, you can find it. I mean— Eric Bledsoe makes sense on the Lakers. I mean, yeah, he makes, you don't even. I mean, what if what if Philly strikes out on finding a point guard? He makes sense in Philly. You could do a Bledsoe trade if if you get that kind of value for Chris Paul on top of the value you already have gotten for Russell Westbrook and Paul George, right? Like, you don't really have to try and just get a bunch of assets for Bledsoe. You don't want, you don't have to like try and raise his trade value. You literally could just do a trade where you get salary filler um, in return, just on shorter contracts. So you don't have to mess with Bledsoe's three year deal. Yeah, exactly. All right, Taylor, next one I have for you. The Philadelphia 76ers get Chris Paul. In return, the Thunder bring back the massive contract of Al Horford. Uh, Mike Scott, who has one year left on his deal. Uh, Zaire Smith, which although he has two years left on his deal, the Thunder get to choose because that's a rookie scale deal if you want to pick up the next year or not. It's like essentially every year is a team option. The Thunder would get their 2020 first-round pick back, which is pick number 21. And the Thunder would also get Philly's 2022 
first round pick, probably like top 10 protected. That's, uh, I like that a lot um, in terms of Zyri. I mean, just a guy that you can take a flyer on, like a Hamadou Diallo. I mean, I know you already have a bunch of the Zyries on this team already, and like Terrence Ferguson and Diallo. And, but even then, I mean, it, during this rebuild, why not get those guys to burn and see what they're capable of? Um, exactly. And like you said, and it's not like they're tied to them for a long time. And then you get those exactly. picks as well. Like that having two picks, a 21st pick and a 25th pick in this draft, like you were mentioning, Jacob, like being able to move up. Um, and, and get like I mean, a, does that get right, you up to like sixteen? That's what I was thinking. Like maybe fifteen, you know? sixteen. Um, or right does, does, does Schroeder twenty one and twenty five get you up to to that Phoenix pick at ten? That's interesting. Very interesting. Could you do Schroeder twenty one and twenty five for Rubio and pick ten? I like that. I don't. I don't. I wonder what Phoenix uh, fans and, and what they think of that. Um, but I like it. A lot. Yeah, it's it, it's fascinating for sure. Huh. And and this one, I think two picks is realistic. Yeah, because I think Chris Paul's value the, the negative now gets you a late first. Yeah, uh, Horford. And yeah, you have to get a pick for taking back that Horford contract. And honestly, I don't think Al Horford would be horrible in Oklahoma City. The well, I was gonna say the connection. I know. I was gonna say the that, same that, thing. That, that's I liked no it longer applicable when Billy was the coach because I think he'd be. But I do think Horford has been known for a long time for his professionalism. Um, for his culture building, uh, for being a good vet, and that could help with some of these young guys. I think he would be a big influence. I don't think the Thunder would mind taking on that contract. And in this deal, the Thunder save $5.6 million, and then Mike Scott's contract will come off the books the next season. That's another $5 million. And then, like I said, with the Zaire deal, uh, you, you can keep him. You can just say, we don't want you anymore, and and let him go. Yeah. That's true. It's that simple. All right, Taylor, my last one. I have Chris Paul and Hamadou Diallo headed to the New York Knicks. The Hamadou Thunder, such a Knicks player. Yeah. <laughs> Makes so much sense. <laughs> the Thunder would bring back Taj Gibson, Wayne Ellington, Bobby Portis, Frank Nilakina, and the 2020 first-round pick that the Knicks own that belongs to the Clippers, which I believe is pick 27. Okay. So this one is uh, kind of very similar to the um, to the Sixers trade, except it's one less pick, and it's salary filler, shorter-term deals. You don't have that gigantic Horford contract, so that makes sense. Plus, like you said, you get to take a flyer on Frank, which I think – he could be really good. Frank is such a presty player. Oh, 100. Can you imagine him alongside Shea and uh, and Dort? Oh, it'd be so fun. We'd uh, we wouldn't be able to score much, but man, we hold teams to 90 points every night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's got I like so that. much length; it's just ridiculous. I like that a lot. Um, also, the Thunder saved 3.6 million in this deal. Taj Gibson is partially guaranteed only one million dollars if he gets cut. Wayne Ellington. Only guaranteed $1 million. You could cut him as well. And I'm actually looking up Bobby Portis right now. So give me two seconds. I think Bobby Portis is fully guaranteed. That's what I was thinking. Uh, but his is only like yes, two his, years or something, right? His his is fully guaranteed, but it's a team option. So the Knicks would have to pick up that option and then trade him. Okay. But Tosh Gibson and Wayne Ellington combined uh, are scheduled to make $17 million next year. You pay them each $2 million and let them walk. That means the Thunder end up saving almost $19 million in this deal. I, that's pretty incredible. Um, you trim $19 million off off the in payroll. Yep. You get Frank Nilakina and you get that 2020, uh, I think it's the number 27 pick in the draft. While I like the, uh, the Philly picks a little more, I, I think I might still lean with this trade overall just because, like you said, you don't have Horford. You have these guys that you aren't tied to long-term. You don't have to worry about potential vets being upset, being stuck in a re, on a rebuilding team like Al Horford, who probably wants to compete for a championship considering the deal he signed with the Sixers um, a couple seasons ago, or I guess last season. Seems like a couple yeah. seasons ago. Um, so I think I got to like Bob, that better. Bobby Portis is only under contract for one more year at 15.7. I think the Thunder would immediately flip that or just cut him. Yeah, that's I a good I don't think point. he's a Thunder guy at all. He's just in there for salary matching purposes. I don't think he ever even sets foot in the city of Oklahoma City. That's interesting. That's a good point. Now, another version of this trade, Taylor, that I flirted with, and ultimately the only excuse I could find the Knicks doing it is because they're the Knicks. Um, but if you take Frank Nilakina out, you put in another uh, – Frank Nilakina out, you put in another uh, just a crappy salary – 
on the Thunder's end, you include the 25th overall pick in this draft. So the, the Knicks would have pick 25 and 27. And in return, you get that number eight pick oh, from the Knicks. Awesome. <laughs> so you, you don't get Nilakina. Uh, you just get all these non-guaranteed deals, and you move up from 25 to eight. Where there's That's a chance, awesome. I I don't think he'll be there, but there's a chance you, you could get, get a Denny. Denny. <laughs> there's a chance you could get um, what is his name a Kongu? Yeah, yeah, a Kongwa, whatever from <laughs> USC. USC. There's there's, there's really a chance you could get Tyrese Halliburton. Um, you know, Killian Hayes, Cole Anthony, guys of that nature. Yep. Killian Hayes. Yeah, you're you're in that territory, which would make a ton of sense. Yeah, it would make a ton of sense. Um, and then the next get back, they're still going to be able to draft two guys. And they will have Hamadou Diallo. So I think that one is is definitely an interesting one as well. Taylor, of those three deals to those three teams, which one are you most likely to take? I think, I mean, that's tough. I think some people might disagree with me just because I think that a lot of people will like that Sixers trade um, because of those picks. But that Horford thing worries me a little bit, whether it's him just kind of being upset um, you know, wanting to be with a championship contender, not a rebuilding team, combined with the long-term salary, could get a little hairy. So for that reason, I really like the Knicks, uh, Knicks trade. So do I. I like that one a lot. I obviously I love the one that gets them the number eight pick, but I'm fine with getting pick twenty-seven and Nilakina as well for for Chris Paul. If that's the case, then you could trace it back and say the Thunder traded Russell Westbrook for one year of All NBA Chris Paul. Two future picks, two pick swaps, one 2020 pick, and Frank Nilakina. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. And then, and we'll get into this in round association, but, I mean, can you imagine if the Clippers go out in Game 7 on Tuesday, the Rockets oh just went God. out in the second round, and Presti was able to get all that value? And Presti's just <laughs> sitting here flexing with the picks. I love it. <laughs> love it. Um, okay, well, speaking of that, Taylor, let's go ahead and tell our listeners about our sponsors this week. That way we can get on to Around the Association. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see you and see you faster. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer they have available anywhere. Right now, go to indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. This offer is only valid through September 30th. The wait is finally over. Football is back. And you may not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Taylor, it's time for the best sounder on the uncontested podcast. <laughs> I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like.
perfection every time. <laughs> so, Taylor, let's talk about what's actually still going on in the bubble, starting with the Eastern, Eastern Conference Finals are set. And if you asked any of us three months ago, it is not the teams that we thought were going to be there. <laughs> not at all. We have the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat meeting in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, how do you think these two teams match up, Taylor? It is fascinating to me um, because on one end, you have these super young, incredibly athletic um, all-stars and Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum, right? Um, and then on the other end, like you have Jimmy Butler, um, Drogic, who's been playing so well, Duncan Robinson, just a bunch of sh- like shooters with Jimmy, basically. Bam out of bio. And, and that, that's, yeah, so then you have Bam down low and like who... Who guards Bam for the Celtics? I, Grant Williams. Great, right. And I don't know if I like that that much. Um, you could play Tatum on him, potentially, but you probably want Tatum um, or J- Jalen, one of the two, on Butler. And then you have oh, all these shooters. Dude, you, you just hit the nail on the head, Taylor. Jalen Brown versus Jimmy Butler. Bring your damn popcorn, <laughs> get your drink, and be entertained. I mentioned this, I mentioned this to you the other day, um, I think in text message. I said, what's the best Jalen Brown comp? And I said, is it Jimmy Butler? Is Jimmy Butler Jalen Brown's ceiling? Yeah. They're like, they're built the same. Uh, They kind of have that same mindset, that same style of play. I am so excited to watch the those two guys go at it. I can't wait. I, I think it, that's really interesting that we were having that conversation. Now we get that matchup. Um, so yeah. maybe you do throw Jalen on to um, on the Butler. And let you got Kemba versus Drogic. That's see, that's interesting. Also, Gordon Hayward should be coming back at some point. I forget. See, if, if they get Hayward, I think that helps them tremendously. Speaking of defense, it gives them another defender as well as another scoring option, um, especially when they don't have a lot of big men. <laughs> where, where I think Bam can have a huge series. I think it's going to be important for them to get Hayward back. It's going to be man. I'm so excited for this series. I am too. It's going to be so. I think, much fun. I think it's another Game Seven series. I'll be shocked. Oh, if that'll not. be awesome. So. You're already predicting Game 7, Taylor. Tell me who you think is going to win this series. I am going to go with Boston because when push comes to shove, this deep in the playoffs, it comes down to star talent. And I think we're going to see uh, Tatum have a huge uh, huge series. as well. I think Brown will have huge games as well. And then Kimba. I think if Kimba can, can play well and, and have big games alongside those two, I just don't see how Miami's able to match that. Unless their shooters just keep going crazy, like Hero, you know, turns into JJ Redick again, and uh, Duncan Robinson, the same basically. That's how they're going to stay in this series. But um, how Miami defends Boston is going to be fascinating to me, and because of that, I think I'm going to lean with Boston just because they have that star power. Jalen Brown and the, or sorry, sorry, not Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum in the playoffs this year, twenty-five points, ten rebounds four assists, a block, shooting 77% from the free throw line, 42% from the three-point line on nearly seven attempts per game, 45% from the field, and is an overall plus-minus 7.5. That's like a superstar numbers. Yeah. Yeah. 25, 10, and 4 on 42% three-point shooting is insane. He's been awesome. He really has. Uh, I'm with you. I'm taking the Boston Celtics as well. Uh, not only am I take, taking them, uh, I'm cheering for them. Uh, that's, that is the team that I want to win this series. I would love to see them go up against whoever they will be pitted against. Right. Uh, I think, I think the, 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 the most fun matchup for one of those LA teams, um, or shoot, maybe the Nuggets. I guess we'll get into that, but um, I'm with you. I, I think they're the, the most fun team that I'd really like to see in the finals. Yep. Um, Another one, just real quick. Jalen Brown, 21 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 1.5 steals, although only shooting 30% from 3, 90% from the free throw line. (laughs) That's pretty impressive also, not to mention, like we said, the defense that he's been playing. Yeah, dude, I like him so much. And then you also got to consider, I I was tweeting about this the other night. This dude is never going to make like an all-star game. But Marcus Smart is just a goddamn oh, I, I can't believe I didn't even mention Smart. I mean, gosh, what was it, Game 6? Just phenomenal. Um, dude, that block he had at the end of Game 7. Wild. This dude, this dude is the kind of guy, like, I put him in the same category as, like, Finals MVP Andre Iguodala. Yes. That's, that's like, he just Marcus does the, Smart the, just does everything for you. Right. 
I don't care who he needs to guard. You need him on Drogic, he'll go eat Drogic's lunch. Shoot, we might see him, him on, on Jimmy Bam. Butler. <laughs> yeah, you need him on Jimmy Butler. There might be a fist fight. <laughs> that oh my gosh, can you imagine Smart and Jimmy? I, yeah, I'm on. I'm on a record now. I'm going on record right now. Okay, I was wrong about Tyler Hero last year in the draft. I I agree. I was wrong. T Rex arms. I was completely wrong. <laughs> I'm with you. But you know what? You throw Marcus Smart and Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero might quit basketball. <laughs> if you throw a an Eastern Conference Finals Marcus Smart on Tyler Hero, the rookie Tyler. I Hero, mean Mar- yeah. Marcus. Hero's going to leave the game bruised and broken and like needing an orange slice and a Capri Sun. <laughs> That's so true. Marcus though. Smart will beat his ass. Absolutely. I love Tyler Hero. He's been incredible. But Marcus Smart is a dog he is. in every sense of the word. Same for Duncan I Robinson, saw, who, whoever you throw him on. Yeah. I, I mentioned this, the or I didn't mention this the other day. I saw this the other day on Twitter. Marcus Smart is the most bad boy piston who will never play for the Pistons. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. I like that a lot. That is, it's so spot on. Yeah, that, that's what I he does. You're, you're exactly right. Just he I makes money plays. Um, and you need a guy like that if you're going to be a championship team. Definitely. So you mentioned that you'll think it's going to go to Game Seven. Well, Taylor, on Tuesday night we do get a Game Seven. Oh, I can't wait. Denver crawls its way back, not only in Game Six, being down 16 points in the third quarter. But for the second time in this postseason, as, in as many tries, <laughs> they have dug themselves from a 3-1 hole to a Game 7. Incredible. Incredible. I also saw a tweet that I think it's like their their last, um, was it last five playoff series that they've been in that have all gone to Game 7s? Yeah, I, I saw that and I retweeted it and I said, uh, blood pressure and anxiety meds in Denver <laughs> or the natural remedy <laughs> have to be roof. sky high right now. That's so true. Gosh, I, and to do the same thing today where they came back from, I think, 16, like you said. Yeah, 16 down to 13 up. I forget what the I, – I can try to look it up real quick. But the second half stats in that game are stupid. <laughs> like just absolutely ignorant, like how, how bad they outplayed the Clippers after halftime. I don't know if Mike Malone, like, slit Jokic's neck. I don't know <laughs> what happened in the halftime of that game. But oh my God, that was insane! How he they had played a fantastic uh, game, by the way. Speaking of Jokic, wow. Yeah, like thirty something points, double digit rebounds. Uh, I think I saw like eight assists just off the top of my head. In the second half, play. Denver outscored the Clippers sixty four to. Uh, I'm trying to do math here. Hold on, thirty five. Wow. Sixty four to thirty five. <laughs> That's yeah. impressive. Uh, 64 impressive. to 35. I, uh, like you said, yeah, just the closest 19-point lead, 19-point lead in the third quarter. Um, and then Denver ends up winning by 13. Just, that's stupid. I mean, I, I know we're, we're going to get into this um, this series next, but besides the Houston fans that were burning everything down on the timeline yesterday, today I saw some similar stuff from, from Clippers fans and even reporters like, this team just doesn't have good chemistry, and they, they just can't find any consistency. Um, you can't feel good about this Game 7 because all the momentum's with Denver, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's going to be an incredible Game 7. I mean, basically, Kawhi oh, and PG yeah. are going to have to play superstar levels, and, and I, I think Denver's going to come out ready to play. You want to hear a stupid stat real quick? <laughs> Nikola Jokic in the playoffs is shooting 20, or ma- making 26 points, 10 rebounds, Five and a half assists, shooting forty six percent from three on over six attempts a game. Holy wow, that's incredible! I didn't even I didn't that realize is that. St- I, wow, stupid. <laughs> that's higher than some players' field goal percentage for an entire game, um, <laughs> or from two. Like that's yeah, amazing. That is ridiculous. Hold on, I'm looking up Jamal's numbers because they're going to be even more dumb. Yeah, they, I, I think I'm, so too. Um, they're going to be they're going to be skewed from that Utah series, and I'm so ready for yeah, it. Uh, yep, I was going to say twenty. Uh, yeah, I'm in the playoffs. Twenty six points, five rebounds, six and a half assists, shooting. You know, just a casual fifty percent from three on seven point three attempts a game. <laughs> That's even more wild. Oh my dude gosh. is in flamethrower mode. So Taylor. You you we, you kind of started to mention it, but does Denver have a legit shot to win Game Seven? Oh, one hundred percent. I think all those comments, while there was some overreactions from Clippers fans and reporters 
I still think they're correct when they say that Denver has all the momentum again. Because when you're a team that comes back from three-one, I mean that now you're you're almost playing um, not to lose if you're the Clippers rather than playing to win, right? Yeah. Uh, I also saw a stat, like just a crazy stat. I can't remember it now, but basically, I think the Clippers are like zero and seven on games that they would eventually um, go to the conference finals. Or something crazy like that. Oh wow! Including today's game, yeah. So just a lot of pressure. I mean, again, it's a completely different team than like the CP3, Blake Griffin, Lob City days, but um, a lot of pressure on this organization as a whole. Again, it, it just I just get this feeling that Clippers are kind of playing not to lose, while the Nuggets are playing with nothing to lose and playing to win. Um, yeah, I wonder how much the leadership and the experience of Kawhi Leonard plays in a game like this. That's what I'm wondering. Um, and just the level but, of play, like, you know, yeah. overall, we still, he's had some incredible moments this playoffs, but we haven't really quite seen the level of play that we saw, like, during the Toronto's final finals run, um, Kawhi Leonard, and I kind of think we'll get that Kawhi in this game seven. Just because of that, it's just really hard for me to bet against Kawhi and PG, but man, it'd be fun if the Nuggets pulled it off. Oh, I, I, I think I'm actively rooting for the Nuggets. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. it's going to be a blast. Taylor, four game sevens after Tuesday. It'll be four game sevens in the bubble. That's awesome. Just extreme Oklahoma City versus play. Houston, Denver versus Utah, Boston versus Toronto, and now Denver versus the Clippers. Remember when there was all those uh, report? Not all those. There were a couple reporters coming out saying that they were talking to execs who believed um, that if a team gets down like three one, for example, they're just going to fold. We'll see more of that during the bubble playoffs than we would yeah. because there's no nope. travel or anything. Nope. Oh, it's, it's been absolutely incredible. Uh, Taylor, a series that did not go seven. The Lakers beat the crap out of the Houston Rockets. Um, I think it was 20-plus. I don't have the, the, the game in front of me right here. Um, but, I mean, game five in that series, just a complete ass-beating from the word go. Where is this game at? <laughs> this is great podcasting. 96 to 119. Yeah, Ooh. so a 22-point uh 23 point whatever that math is absolute drubbing of the Houston Rockets sending the Rockets home interesting game as we had Russell Westbrook as he tends to do get into some antics uh he's first started talking trash to Rondo saying uh you got to double me when the Rockets were down like 26 points uh which is peak Russ Interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose that word. Interesting. Uh, Russ then starts jawing with Rondo's brother, who is courtside, uh, who gets removed. Then after the game, the Lakers bus gets or not the Lakers bus, but the media bus gets stopped by protesters. Did you see this? I did. Um, for a it's recent weird. Um, in I guess the Orlando area. Uh, I actually didn't know about that one, but yeah, I saw that yeah. that that video. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, and then it leads to today, Mike D'Antoni announcing that he will not be returning as the Houston Rockets coach. Apparently has turned down extensions throughout the year and has decided to move on, which different from the Billy Donovan situation. This one very much feels like uh, trying to jump off a sinking ship, right? <laughs> to use yeah, Jeremy Grant's I, I think, analogy. I, I think, yeah, I think Donovan wanted to leave because he knows what direction the front office is going. I think D'Antoni wanted to leave because he doesn't want to deal with the crap anymore. Yeah, he doesn't want to be the scapegoat. So, they've already lost their coach. There's a chance they could lose their GM. Taylor, where does Houston go from here? It's fascinating. Um, I don't know if they'll get rid of Maury just because he is, I mean, even if he's completely different than Billy Donovan, if I prefer the, you know, Billy Donovan, not Billy Donovan, goodness, Sam Presti, um, even if I kind of prefer Sam Presti's methods compared to Maury, he's still one of the best GMs in the league. Uh, I think it would be a mistake to let him go. I think that the issue, as we've seen with many organizations, Kings, Knicks, etc., ownership, right? And Fertitta just, I don't know how good of an owner he is. He seems cheap, um, obviously very selfish, um, and I just, it makes it tough for players to want to play. You know, it just doesn't really create a winning environment. And so that's a little worrisome for me if I'm a Houston fan. What I'm also worried about, again, I, I don't, now that it's poor form to just like, you know, poo poo on Russ as soon as he's gone. I get that. But he could, he's continued to decline athletically. And if he's not willing to adjust his game, if he's just going to stick what he's known his entire career, 
I mean, it's going to go downhill quickly. Um, Russ has got to learn to adapt. He's got to be able to move off ball more, make himself more of a threat outside of just his explosiveness because it's not the same anymore, and he can't sustain that level of play. And uh, we just kind of saw him implode. I mean, you mentioned jawing with Rondo's brother when he's down by 20. Bad luck. Uh, we saw him, you know, cussing out babies and mamas and uh, <laughs> in the stands, you know, one of those games. Yeah. We saw him completely lose a game almost entirely on his own. What game was that? Game five where he just shot miserably from the floor um yeah game six i think yeah and i just i I, i'm just kind of amazed by presty to be able to capitalize on westbrook's stock right get what he did for westbrook when we probably would have been dealing with this um until russ's career was over um or having to give up assets maybe even to get off westbrook um i mean it's just fascinating to think about alternate realities like that but all that to say uh, i'm a little worried if i'm a houston fan because of russell westbrook and ownership and also james harden i mean another another opportunity where he's shrinking from the moment in the playoffs that's not a good look and here's here's the thing is you can't trade harden uh you can't trade him because he's the face of your franchise you can't trade russell westbrook because i don't think you can get anything for russell westbrook right now i think russell westbrook is in the chris paul territory that we were last year before the trade happened. P.J. Tucker, Taylor, the dude is 35, and with the season starting no earlier than Christmas, he'll be over 35 and a half. He's a free agent, and he's your starting center at 6'5". So you're bringing him back, and you're running this team back with a 35 to 36-year-old P.J. Tucker who's... uh, P.J. Tucker works his ass off, but it's exhausting. He was exhausted in the bubble. I mean, we're talking about a full season playing three to four games a week. Um, Their youngest player, Taylor, youngest player, Bruno Caboclo, who is 25 years old. Besides that, they have two or three guys who are like 27-ish. I think Ben McLemore is 27. He's a February 1993. Um, One of their two-way guys is 27. Uh, David Nwaba, who they traded for in that kind of – yeah, roster period a week before they, the bubble. They didn't even use him. Um, yeah, well, yeah, he's nursing an injury. Oh, he won't even be healthy gotcha. till next year. Um, he's he was he was a ninety three baby, so he's twenty seven ish. Yep. Their youngest player is twenty five, and they have two twenty seven year olds. <laughs> and after that, you're looking at guys that are thirty or older. Wow. And just all the rest of them are thirty or older. I mean, Tyson Chandler is nearly forty. Um, Eric Gordon is thirty two. Uh, or he'll be 32 on Christmas, actually. That's cool. He's got a Christmas birthday. <laughs> Tabo Cephalosha, born in 1984. That dude's 36. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, Russell Westbrook um, is about to turn 32 or 33. I'm not good at math here. Russell's Declining birthday's in November. He's in 1988. So he's about to turn 32. Uh, James is 31. I mean, they're all aging out, and they have no future picks because they traded him to Oklahoma City. And it seems like they're all in on this style of play, at least from what I've read, for the foreseeable future, right? And so, uh, kind of to your point, like if Maury does stay as the GM, they're probably going to continue this this style of play, this small ball. Um, Kevin O'Connor, you yeah. mentioned that there's there's teams, and this is obviously before the Lakers series, but that there's teams who kind of really like it, or GMs that really like the idea. Uh, they're just kind of scared to go all in and do it. So if they were to have won that series, we could have seen more of it. Now I highly doubt that. And uh, it's really going to be up to Maury to try and work some magic here with very limited options and, and see how he can improve this team, find more Robert Covingtons, for example, who fit that style of play. Because like you said, you, yeah. you can't play the same seven guys over a full season um yeah over a full full at these season. ages there's no you way off all those ages at those older ages and all of it just honestly but, makes me more excited because uh, we have those picks from the russell westbrook trade and, and pick swaps yeah and, and the thing is yeah you can't play those guys but they don't have a whole lot of other guys they can exactly. play exactly and they don't have ways to go out and get more guys that can play exactly so they're they're a team that is going to be very interesting to watch moving forward um all right taylor well with that being said, uh, any parting words before we let our listeners get out of here? Just, uh, just excited for these game seven or this game seven. Uh, we're getting into the conference finals, which seems crazy. And then I'm I'm really kind of curious on a Thunder standpoint. From a Thunder standpoint, 
really kind of curious if we start to hear some things get leaked, not from Press Year of the Thunder, but probably on the other side, agents, things of that nature saying, yeah, uh, my, my, my candidate had an interview with Sam Presti or the Thunder have shown interest in, in candidate X. Uh, I'm curious if we start to get any of those over the coming weeks and kind of the timing that Presti's looking at to make that coaching hire. Does he want to do it immediately? Does he want to hold off until there's more certainty with the upcoming season, etc.? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that as well, uh, including uh, at the end of this month, we will start hearing about draft interviews, virtual draft interviews, and to see who the Thunder is talking to in the draft as well. So that's going to be pretty fun. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Uncontested. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And please drop a five-star rating for us. It's super quick. Uh, it means the world to us. It helps us look really good for our podcast network. It helps us make more money. Uh, it would mean a lot to us. You guys have a great beginning of your week. Enjoy basketball. Enjoy NFL football. We will be back with you. We are actually switching in the offseason now to a two-time-a-week podcast. Where you're going to get your normal Monday episode from us. Then we're also going to drop a midweek Thursday episode for you. And then you'll hear back from us again the following Monday. That is unless there is big news. We are always up for an emergency pod. When the Thunder hire a coach, make a trade, make a selection in the draft, all that stuff. So we'll be right along with you for all of those things. Besides that, have a great beginning of your week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We will talk to you soon. Thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.